0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The final push for reconstruction could be on the ropes already. Premiership games could take place at Hamden and Murrayfield when the season restarts and Chris Burke commits his future to Kilmarnock. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Alex Ray. Yeah, I think that's the news today. Potential uh, getting fans into grounds. Hamden, Murrayfield, Ibrooks, and uh, Parkhead have been mentioned. Uh, it's good to see Mulpal, Chris Burke re-signing. I think he's got a lot to offer. He's got a great appetite for the game and... Uh, we obviously get the reconstruction uh, debate continues, so you know I'm sure that'll uh, be on tonight. Lots to get our teeth into, so make sure to get involved as well. The number you need: oh one four one nine five one one zero two five, or you can get us on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Another thing from today, Alex, is did you know that tonight was meant to be the night that Euro twenty twenty started? It was meant to be Italy, Turkey yeah. against Italy in Rome. What a thought that that could have been tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, more importantly, Scotland could potentially have been there. You know, if we could have beaten Israel and then go through the, the next qualifier, it would have been amazing, really. You know, it's over 20 odd years now. So, you know, it's still up in the air. You know, we've still got an opportunity against Israel. That will be decided, I think, probably next week. Andrew, when uh, UEFA meets us the 17th and 18th, they will discuss the this season's Champions League, Europa League, where they're going to try and finish that off. And then you obviously have the qualifications for uh, I think it's Celtic Rangers Aberdeen and Motherwell Did you wear what you're wearing today specifically because of that because I've noticed you've got your Scotland shorts on from about 2006 <laughs> Well spotted so, <laughs> I was just mooching about the garden with the wee man kicking the ball about so it was just an old pair of Scotland uh, just to be just to get in the mood there we go, we'll get into that a bit later on But uh, first of all, reconstruction has been the, the story yes. of the week really And there has been more developments we'll, we'll go back to yesterday because it came to light That you know there was this going to be a, a final chance For clubs to have their say on reconstruction It was a 14-10-10-10 proposal being put forward um, Hearts, Partick Thistle and Stranra would all have been spared relegation Kelty Hearts and Brora Rangers would have been entered into the SPFL And Falkirk Inverness and Edinburgh City would have all benefited too, being promoted from their current divisions. There was sort of recent ideas yeah. by Hearts and Rangers that had been shot down, but the SPFL felt this latest proposal was the most favourable. And um, we'll get into some of the developments, Alex. Sure. But what had you made originally of this? You know, once it came out that this was the final proposal coming forward for the 14, 10, 10, 10. Yeah, absolutely. We have to get to an end game. Uh, I think 14 has been mooted a couple of times, whether it's going to be permanent, temporary. So this is the last throw of the dice for Hearts to see if they can remain in the top flight. Um, I'll be honest, I can't see it getting off the ground. I think when you go back to the consensus uh, before the, the 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 working group for reconstruction even put a proposal, six top flight clubs, Kai Bosch, that this is not, not interested. So now they've got an opportunity. I think Neil Doncaster's on record in the last couple of days saying there seems to be a wee bit more... Uh, heart towards trying to get this up and running They've got it over the course of the weekend To put in their stance But when you get back to the Inverness Carry on in the championship You know the unrest between the clubs there They would be effectively voting to put Inverness back up to the top flight Then you look at the clubs uh, Who have come out publicly Aberdeen, Ross County, St Mirren Haven't really been too uh, happy about putting Hearts Back into the top flight I don't see what's actually changed within all that, but then you have the ramifications if this falls on its, uh, uh, it doesn't get through to the the vote, 
then you have potential legal ramifications. Now, it's been reported in the Edinburgh Evening News tonight that it could be a liability as much as £6 million uh, because of the perceived unfairness of what has happened to Hearts and the other teams, uh, Patrick Thistle, Stranraer. So they will, may well come in for compensation as well if they decide to go down the legal route. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yesterday we had a few callers on. There was people that were quite positive about it. They said that this, they felt, was the, the fairest solution of all, you know, keeping it at, yeah. at four tiers and just having the, the teams that were missing out being promoted back into their leagues. Some other teams were benefiting from it, but there, there has been developments today. Certainly in the, in the championship, there seems to be a feeling, having spoken to a, a few club representatives, that it doesn't really change much doesn't benefit for them. them. It doesn't. Ben- it's it's not really reconstruction for the lower tiers. There's there's 14 certainly going into the the top tier. But if clubs in the championship, League One and League Two, are wanting reconstruction, this isn't really reconstruction for them because it's, ju- it's just the same format with yeah. a couple of slightly different teams. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, money is going to be tight, particularly in the championship. And you are effectively going to vote to put Hearts back into the top table. So for me. They would be effectively voting them out, but you know, income, self-interest. Now, see, in an ideal world, uh, Andrew, in an ideal world, you would say these teams have been harshly treated. They deserve to go back into the the, the rightful uh, uh, league. However, the problem that you have is this whole thing is always reliant on self-interest. What's the best for their their club? And I can't see teams voting to put Hearts back into the top top flight because they will bring massive following eventually when they get back into the grounds. Is there a Argument on the flip side, potentially, that clubs would think, well, you know, if Hearts and Inverness are then into pre- in the Premiership, there's no Dundee United, I'd maybe get a better chance here of actually, you know, yeah. winning the Championship and getting into the Premiership. Yeah, well, I think that was one of the ideas where Dundee felt as if, you know, if they could have got that uh, off the ground with the vote, the, the reconstruction at the very early stages, then they would go into next season as favourites, Dundee, so they would be most certainly there. But again, I keep re- referring back to the unrest. The, the, there's a lot of feeling towards a lot of clubs within there especially Ross, uh, Inverness and I'm not sure they're going to vote them back in I have to say We want to hear from you at home as well your thoughts on reconstruction and anything else you want to talk about today 0141 951 1025 There is another sticking point really and it all comes down to the voting and the voting yeah. we know for a good while has been something that has been seen as an issue by many people in the SPFL and especially in the Premiership 11 of the 12 clubs are going to have to vote for this to go through yeah. which is a massive amount and when you look at the likes of Dave Cormack at Aberdeen he's already come out and said you know he, he's not in favour of permanent change this is a permanent change yeah. I think Roy McGregor at Ross County has said that you know he feels that it's maybe time up on reconstruction it's too late now another one for me I don't know this is just my personal opinion but when it comes to Hibs you know would Hibs be voting to keep Hearts in the Premiership? There's yeah. that rivalry there. It's a good point. I think when you go back to the consensus be before they, they managed to get a proposal on the table, Hibs was one of the clubs that says they would not be in favour of reconstruction. So that kind of answers your question. I don't see what's actually changed in that time. Now, obviously the, the, the decision in France and Belgium to regarding the relegated teams, that may well get people on the back foot and say there may well be a legal challenge that then would reflect if there was money involved then it would uh, impact the clubs so you know that may well be in their thinking when they go to the vote uh, Andrew purely for the, the, the self-interest we don't want it to cost money further down the line Well we'll talk about 
you know, a potential legal case here because Neil Doncaster was asked about that today. He said Hearts would be within their rights to do whatever they feel, you know, is right for them if they are consigned to the championship. However, he says rulings in any other country have absolutely no bearing on what happens here. Yeah, I mean, any club can can do and should do whatever it believes is is best for its circumstances. I mean, ultimately, we are a a body uh, of 42 member clubs. So any action that's taken against uh, the league as a whole is is an action that's taken against the clubs. Um, but we, uh, I think, have to simply respond to what the clubs tell us they want. And if the clubs tell us uh, on Monday that they want a, uh, a revised uh, league structure, then we will do our best to deliver that. If, on the other hand, uh, there's insufficient support uh, to merit a, a further stage being gone through, uh, then we'll simply draw a line under the uh, the consultation, under the reconstruction plans, and move on with our plans for fixturing for, for the coming season. Now, there's a very different situation in, in France where the, uh, the the board of the league, really going back to one of your points that you made earlier, uh, the board of that league uh, decided uh, to uh, to deal with the curtailment of the season itself. Um, in our situation, um, we went to the members, and uh, it was a members' resolution that, that achieved uh, over uh, 80% uh, approval by the member clubs, that was the basis on which the decision was then made to curtail the season. So it's a, it's a wholly different situation. Yeah, I understand exactly where Neil's coming from in terms of, you know, different countries, different uh, uh, rules. Uh, the, it was a governing body in France and Belgium who actually made the decision that this... Uh, well, they made the decision to relegate the teams over there, Andrew. The thing that I keep going back to is, that from, I think it was the... Court of Arbitration for Sport in Belgium in which they went to so I think the course that Hearts would have to take would most certainly be the first step would have to be uh, is it ACAS the Court of Arbitration here uh, and then if there was a legal stance further down the line because then they would have to pursue that to try and get these money back but it is a legal minefield because obviously two QCs have been consulted by Hearts they feel as if they've got a real strong case and as I said a couple of weeks ago, that I spoke to somebody for the Foundation of Hearts and they said that they felt as if, you know, there was a real appetite to go down that route. 01419511025 is the number you need. And it's the number Alex, a Rangers fan in Airdrie, has dialed. Alex? Hi there. Hi, Alex. What's your point tonight? Uh, my point is that I think that Mr. Doncaster's running scared uh, because of the, what's happened in France and Belgium. I think all of a sudden now he's flipped again, but then again that's because he's a patsy for Peter Lowell, uh, which I believe, and so I believe that he's only doing this for his thought this would go to court. Well, I, I think there, there's no two ways that they're actually trying to get reconstruction through because of the potential. Now, again, I don't know what the legal ramifications are, whether they've got a real strong case, because I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but there seems to be some sort of appetite for the club to go down that road. What I will say is Anne Budge has tried her damnedest to get some sort of movement on this. And the, the only difference now is, Andrew, is that it's from the SPFL who are now trying to push it. Whereas beforehand, it was obviously Rangers were trying to do it, Hearts were trying to do it. And so it's a different proposition. Uh, Neil Doncaster seems to be the one that's driving this forward to try and see if there's a consensus to take it to the vote. And if it goes to the vote, then who knows? But... Reading between the lines, having seen some of the comments from some of the hierarchy at clubs, I cannot see how this passes. There's no secret as well that it, it, it could get very messy if it goes to a legal battle because, you know, that there's quotes tonight you were saying in the newspaper of, you know, around £6 million that could yep. potentially be, be paid out to clubs in compensation. There is also 
you know, a case that maybe it could go to court and there could be an injunction placed, which means that the Premiership season yeah. doesn't start because this is ongoing. We do we don't know that for a fact, yeah. but it's it's a possibility. I, I listened to a, a was it a, a guy Deans who was involved with uh, Hearts Leslie ago, Deans. Leslie Deans. And he said that this could potentially take 18 months to two years to actually get to an end game, you know, with the legal route. So I don't think the injunction would actually happen, mm-hmm. Andrew, because we have to get it back up and running. I'm not sure they'll be trying to seek that uh, hearts because otherwise we'd be in standstill. Uh, and I don't think it would do anyone any good. You know, by all means, if you feel as if you've got a case, go and fight your case. But, uh, you know, to put an injunction on the league starting back up, then effectively it'd be putting a nail in my coffin. Alex, what would you like to see? Happen in terms of reconstruction Would you just rather The leagues stay the same And the Premiership started With 12 teams Come the start of August Well I'd like to see Hearts win their court case And uh, Get Neil Doncaster To fall on his sword yeah, and, Alex, one of the one of the the, the problems, uh, and everyone's entitled to their opinions. The Hearts will probably go and try and recoup this money that they've lost, and it's their right to go and try and do that. The problem they have is on the back of that is that that will be the clubs who actually pay all this money back, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know when it'll come. It'll obviously come over a period of time because. I don't think you could effectively go there's X amount of millions yeah. so uh, you know I think it's so messy and uh, I just don't see where it's actually going to because as I said I do feel as if it's going to fall flat uh, come Monday well thank you to Alex and Airdrie up next John is a Celtic fan in Blantyre John what's your point tonight I let's just about this house this is all we've been hearing for months and months teams get relegated every year because they're no good enough Hearts never Hearts on the boat the table because they're no good enough see if you look at their record their points they're, they're through the Rangers They've also beat Rangers They've also beat Rangers, put Rangers out of the Scottish Cup I think the last game they played Hibs at Easter Road And they beat them 3-0 I remember Hugh Keenan's talking about it He's saying, oh, I've had my life won hearts But you know they've got an idea what they've been doing all season We'll just go out and try that They've just tried when it's, when it suited them See if Tynecastle was a whole losing stable They'd be fine in their run trials though Because the player totally to blame The players are to blame Their attitude And this Anne Budge See she'd have paid attention to what was happening during the season She would have been in that position so I, I don't see why all the sympathies for Hearts. They basically just played and they felt like it, and that's. But they basically go to the desert. You've got sympathy for everybody else. Have got sympathy for the fans because they must have been sitting watching that thing. What we can beat, draw the Rangers. We can beat them. We'll put them at the Scottish Cup. Then next game, draw the Hamilton at home, or draw the Ross County at home. I think, John. John, I think this is this is twofold. What you're actually saying there, you know, I I totally agree with you in terms of you know their actual performances over the course. Uh, I think it's, it was a four league wins in in thirty yeah, or some. Uh-huh. So it was extremely poor. I think in their defence, the when you get to the split, you're playing against the teams in and around about you. You've got a better chance, and uh, you know they've a lot of experience. Whether they get out, we don't. We could argue all day long, uh, but in terms of the not getting that opportunity. Then it's been curtailed to actually see whether they can uh, could have got out of this mess. Sorry for interrupting. No, no, no they had their opportunity. So, but right, they had so John, the John, John, the John, they still had they still had a lot of games to actually have a go at it. You know, you must recognise that they've not got the opportunity to try and have a go against the teams that are going to be in about them. So that they they hadn't got that chance. So and and see if you, like but see if you games have thirty games. But but John, see if you go to France and you go to Belgium as an example, they've been proven that relegating teams is illegal over there. So what I'm saying to you is, even if even if you just take it at that, you know, it's it's been recognised as not fair. So to say that Hearts is different because their, their form is crap, I would imagine that the form of the teams in Belgium and, and France wasn't great either. But it's just by actually curtailing and relegating them that's actually been, and in these two countries in particular, has been uh, deemed to be illegal. 
I like the form was really bad when they never turned up. So, in these three occasions, they played Rangers and they played Tibbs. They just woke up that morning and became better players. But, but John, I, I, I agree with you. The, you know, the form was poor, but we're, we're, you're going to wait for the point where the teams in Belgium and France have been deemed to be illegal being relegated. And you're saying it's okay, just relegate them because their form was poor. What I'm, what I'm emphasising well, is... No, I'm just saying Sorry. that uh, John, I was just saying that they're actually it's been deemed to be illegal in these two countries. So uh, they have a right to then contest this, surely. But they've been making well, all the all the talk. This is all you hear. Hearts, hearts. You know, I feel sorry for them. They also relegated. But they, they, that man, whoever's in charge, the board, if she can't see what's happening, and if the manager can't see what's happening, they shouldn't be in charge of football clubs. Because they are just, that was, they, you can't blame Naismith because he's injured. But above the goalie, they players just turned up when they felt like it. How can you, how do you manage to put Rangers out of the Scottish Cup, draw with them, beat them, play the last game against Hibs at Tynecastle, beat them 3 0? John, we said that. John, we said that. See, see, we were in the studio and Hearts were performing really well, particularly against Rangers. Everybody was going, "Ah, oh, they'll get out of this trouble," but they couldn't raise it against all the teams in and about round about them. And their, their form was really poor. Their their uh, application wasn't great either. The squad they've got, I think they've got the third biggest budget, so they are massively underachieving, and that that's a fact. But it doesn't take away from the. The circumstances that find us selling at the moment. Thank you to John from Blantyre. 0141-951-1025 if you want to get involved and we could be hearing from you after the travel with Stephen. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors tackling compensation claims for more than 40 years. Talk to thompsons.com Alex Ray here with me, Andrew McLean in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Shortly we'll be looking at the prospect of Premiership Games taking place at Hamden and Murrayfield when the new season commences because of social distancing rules but we'll stick with reconstruction and we'll stick with the phones for now because William is in Kings Park William Hi, how are you doing guys? Hi, good William, yourself? Not so bad, thanks, not so bad um, Just a quick point um, not too sure if, if, if you've kind of passed over this previously or not because I do try to listen to the show every night which I thoroughly enjoy um, There's a... a it's to do with Neil Doncaster's comment about Hearts and about, you know, whatever happens in Belgium and Holland has nothing to do with what happens in Scottish football. Um, if you cast your mind back, the chap called Bosman, who took his Belgian club as a Belgian footballer to European court over his freedom of contract, the case that he won, um, every FA throughout Europe quickly followed suit. Now, the other thing being is that if UEFA are the, kind of, the grandfather of European football surely it's one rule for all not individual circumstances and to that point I think maybe Anne Budge might have a bit of leverage there what do you think? Again without knowing about the the details I, I was saying to Andrew during the break I think the first protocol would be to the Court of Arbitration for Sport similar to what they've done in Belgium if it was deemed to be illegal then I feel as if they would have a a, a next protocol would be to go to court to try and uh, claw back the money in which they lost William that is my understanding uh, whether that has any bearing what happened in France because you, uh, there is a difference in terms of it was both federations if you like you know the, the, the bodies over there made that decision whereas it was clubs here member clubs so I don't know I think Neil's uh, highlighting tonight that that would be his stance because the clubs voted for it but that doesn't necessarily mean it was legal or illegal so I think there's still a fight on their hands. Uh, I think it's going to get messy. Uh, I, I, as I keep uh, reiterating, 
I cannot see the clubs voting for this. I, I just don't see it changing. As you said, Andrew, the leagues in the championship and in League One, they stay as 10 teams. So there is no really any reconstruction for them. It's just 10 teams. But you're voting for Hearts to go up to the top table, effectively sending thousands of potential fans coming through your door. I just can't see it happening. You've got Inverness, who are, uh, you know, had lots of uh, issues with other clubs. Around the vote the, the the famous vote That was missing For Dundee And so forth So you have all that In the background as well So I think there's just Too much uncertainty You've got guys Like Roy McGregor Who are very Level headed Sensible guys uh, McCormack, McCormack Up at uh, Aberdeen as well Coming out and saying Reconstruction And I think we also Have to bear in mind As well Andrew Where we are In the grand scale Of things now Next week We're going to get uh, UEFA Deciding when the qualifiers Are going to take place we're hoping to get up and running the 1st of August And then we have to cram all that in And get the fixtures up and running And we don't even know whether we're going to have a 12 or 14 league Before mm-hmm. all this happens So, you know, times are pressing Teams are back at pre-season So it's so far down the road To be throwing this into the mix The time to actually get the voting done I'm not sure it's even feasible Yeah, no, I agree with that I wasn't sad It wasn't more the the, the the point of reconstruction is just whether or not um, Hearts have a valid case because if you ever do rule European football as as, as they are supposedly doing, um, then surely if it's deemed illegal in Belgium and in France and wherever else, we all kind of sit at the same table. I, I so think. Oh, sorry, I think uh, from Neil Doncaster's audio, he only referenced France, Alex. So he was sure. only talking about France, and he obviously talked about the fact that it was the you know the, the federation, it was the league that ended it rather than the, the clubs voting for it. But on top of that, I I think it was I think in France it was a, a French court that um, actually ruled that the relegation was um, a state court. I think it was that ruled that right. relegation was illegal. So I think it's just a case of Doncaster is. Just highlighting the differences. I mean, he—I—I I, I don't know if he knows at the moment. He'll maybe have a bit of an idea sure. what will happen if it goes to to court, but he, he won't know the ins and outs of it. He's just pointing out that you know people are saying, "Well, look, it's happened in France," and he's saying it has, but sure. they are different. Yeah. Well, listen, I've got to be honest with you. See, when you said about the France thing, I wasn't quite sure because I read, I tried to read up on the Waslin Beveren stuff because mm-hmm. of uh, there, and that I can assure you that was most certainly through the arbitration of sport over there. Uh, the Belgian arbitration of sport So I looked at that So that is a different proposition altogether So France and, uh, and, and Belgium could possibly be different mm-hmm. But the outcome's still the same So one may have went to court One's went to the arbitration of sport for Belgium And then you've got the Scottish uh, equivalent So I'm not exactly sure um, you know, how that plays out But one thing's certain If the reconstruction does not get uh, off the ground in, uh, early next week Andrew, you can be certain that Hearts are going to go down some sort of legal route. Yeah, just double check there. It was the Conseil d'État, which is the sort of state council in France. It. I love it. I the love pronunciation, it. It's perfect. It's perfect. I was just getting that culture. You know, it was Euros was meant to start tonight, so I'm just trying to get a wee, wee bit of culture into the show, you know. Uh, thank you to William in Kings Park, 01419511025 on the phones. Jerry is a Celtic fan in Kilsyth. Jerry? Hi, good evening, panel. Hi, Jerry. Uh, I can laugh at the Rangers brother that come on there. They can't help but their, their, their bitterness about um, Neil Doncaster and Peter Lawwell. This suggestion that we've come up with from Neil Doncaster is the best possible outcome for everybody. Because I've got a lot of mates that are Rangers supporters, and they had said, unlike your friend that sits here, Mr. Asterix, 
Um, they, they, they always say that Rangers were gone and Celtic were worthy winners, but they all feel sorry for Hearts. Well, this right's the wrong. It keeps Hearts in the league. Plus, see when you come at the top six, it means that you'll have 13 home and 13 away, right? It's 26, and then you have a top six, five home, five away, and, and it, it saves all this nonsense of having to go to Pataudry for a third time, or Tynecastle for a third time, or Easter Road for a third time, which I think is very unfair. Jenny. And I know it works out the same, but it's no fair. And that that way, a 14-team league makes it absolutely perfect. And I'm and I've spoke to all my mates; they're all Celtic supporters, and a few Rangers, and they say that's the fairest, the fairest deal. And it came from Neil Doncaster, and it wasn't run by Peter Lawwell. I can assure you, Jerry. So you're talking about the the perspectives of a Celtic fan and a Rangers fan, whereas you know when you look at the clubs that would be in that bottom eight. They would play, for example, you know, Celtic twice in a season, Rangers twice in a season, and then for the other half of the season, they would be consigned to the bottom eight, only playing against other bottom eight teams. So they'd actually be missing out on potential paydays against the likes of Celtic, against the likes of Rangers. So can you see why maybe they might not be in favour of it? getting the point. Sometimes they have to go to Celtic Park twice. They have to go to Ibrox twice and only get them at home once. So what's the difference? The, the and difference still is the, in the top flight, and they're still sharing the top money. The difference is the financial aspect. Oh, sorry, Jerry. And it, it, it does away with this nonsense of all poor hearts. Keep hearts. I'm I'm a Celtic one, and I love going to Tynecastle. I love a Celtic hearts game. I mean, we're, we're happy getting the twelve points, you know. <laughs> Jerry, see the. I think most people felt as if hearts were uh, wrongly treated, and um, if they don't get the vote next week, where, where is your stance on that? What do you feel as if they should do? As a football fan, if you were a Hearts fan, what, what would you suggest to do? I, I, I would I'll suggest to fight this all the way. I, I, I think that if they get a deal, and if the clubs look at it, it's the fairest possible deal, not only at the bottom, but at the top. Yeah, but you because have to... I, 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 hate, I hate that. See what comes to the end of the season, Alec. And as you say, if Celtic Rangers were neck and neck, and you had to go to Petordi for a third time, and, and you know... You wouldn't feel happy with that, would you? That way it makes it fair because you're meeting them uh, twice at home and twice away. That's the fairest deal. I, I think I think you can't get any fairer than that. I think one of the things, Jerry, that was, was become apparent over this whole debacle is that fairness is actually out the window. Because if fairness was, was a thing, then obviously they'd be 14. You know, you'd put them in as a 14. You would have Kelty and uh, Brora, you know, all the teams, Stranra, Thistle... Fairness does they actually come into it In an ideal world we like all that But what's happening now is You've actually got teams that have self-interest Across the board And as I said I don't see it happening on uh, on Monday And uh, I think it's actually going to get really messy And financially it could Seriously, you know if, if you read that article tonight They are actually looking to try and claw back millions of pounds Thank you to Jerry in Kilsyth 01419511025 If you want to join us on the phones We'll move on from reconstruction Because there was another story that caught my mm. eye today Alex, interesting development that Hamden and Murrayfield could potentially be used To host Premiership matches uh, To help with social distancing guidelines So the season's obviously due to start In August behind closed doors But there is clubs You know, Clubs are eyeing having sort of limited numbers of fans At least in before the yeah. end of the year and it looks as if clubs could use these bigger neutral venues. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. The likes of Neil Doncaster has come out. Uh, Mark Dodson from the Scottish Rugby Union has come out and said that, you know, he's already held talks with Hibs, with Hearts, about potentially using Murrayfield. And, you know, if you've got a smaller stadium, if you then move your game to Hamden or Murrayfield, 
you'd be able to fit a lot more fans in while being socially distanced. Yeah, I'm all for it. I think it's a great idea. Uh, I think we have to think outside the box because I think it's recognised that, you know, behind closed doors, Andrew, you have no atmosphere. We watch it on the German football and you think, come on, this is, you know, it's like pulling teeth at time. If you could get someone like, now, just say it's 10% of Murrayfield, which is about 6,000 fans. Yeah. 15% depend on the social distancing. Mm-hmm. Then you have the, the, the same uh, Hamden. The fact that you could maybe get seven, eight thousand 8,000 into these, these venues would be really encouraging for everyone financially. It'd be great. Aesthetically, when you're putting it on the telly, you know, it'd be great. You'd have a bit of atmosphere. Uh, so if they can find a way to do that, I'm very much for it. We don't know the specifics of it, obviously, but the yeah. way you've sort of played it out there, potentially some of the clubs could actually have their full foot full capacity, basically, uh, in their normal ground, just distanced in a bigger ground, which yeah. financially would be a financially it would be a massive help, and also it sort of takes away that strange awkwardness of clubs having to decide well what season ticket holders get into one game what don't there'd probably be a ballot of some description you'd expect but it means that you know the majority if not all of season ticket holders would get to see the home games and financially the club are benefiting as well yeah I think everybody uh, involved in football would uh, welcome this Andrew you know we were sitting in the the office and we estimated that maybe only two or three seats in between uh, each other in terms of the you know the two metres so you know you could you could wind up with a decent crowd in, and it would actually if you just take certain you know maybe St Mirren, if they went to Hamden, example, you maybe get six or seven thousand in there if you get you know a, a decent uh, away fans as well. So all of a sudden you've got all the fans able to go to the game. They generate a decent atmosphere, and people get back watching football sooner rather than later. And then we can go to the next stage where they can actually get back into their own uh, grounds when it's safe to do so. I'm interested in what happens in terms of a, a sort of home advantage or a home atmosphere. Does that just go completely out the window if you are, for example, a, a St Mirren playing at Hamden or you are, um, you know, a, a Hibs or a Livingston playing at, at yeah, Murrayfield? You know, bigger stadium, the fans are spaced out. It, you're not at your home ground. Yeah. It'd be a bit strange. Well, listen, it's not ideal. We know that. We know it's not ideal. And, uh, you know, you, ideally you would like, you know, a lot of fans into to a smaller space. But again, you know, because of where we are with the pandemic, it's, in, it's important to stick to the guidelines because otherwise we might not even get anyone into the grounds, Andrew. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about putting people into Livingston or some of the smaller grounds, uh, Hamilton or something, then all of a sudden they might go, we can't allow people to come in because of social distancing. Whereas if you go to Hamden, you go to uh, uh, Murrayfield, then you may well be looking at something a wee bit more... It's no ideal. The atmosphere, we've been to Hamden when there's like 30,000. You think, well, it's a bit dreary, you know, but at least there'd be people in watching live football. I think everybody would be behind that. I think I saw on Twitter earlier on, there was, you know, fans of old firm teams saying, oh, you know, well, what's the point in this? But it's obviously not there to benefit teams like Celtic and Rangers. It's there to to benefit the, you know, the so-called smaller clubs in the league that, you know, wouldn't be able to have the advantages of having... You know, like Celtic Park, a 60,000-seater stadium, like Ibrox, a 50,000-seater stadium. Yeah, but uh, listen, it will help the smaller clubs get people into the ground, Andrew. And and we were talking about how's it going to work with kind of virtual season tickets. So if they can actually get to the games, brilliant, because then you can charge them the going rate. Uh, as for Rangers and Celtic, then you may well be looking at, a, like, I don't know, 10 or 15% of uh, their fan base. And then you just do it as a kind of rotation uh, to try and get people in to see the games. But... And then hopefully over time, as, as the R rate comes down again, we may well get more uh, people into the game. 01419511025. Stuart is a Hearts fan in Bowness up next. Stuart? Hello. Hi, Stuart. Hi, Stuart. Hi, Stuart. Hi, just, just, just a couple of things. 
Well, my heart's on what they, but I'm a there, so I didn't get too much matches, but my, my family does. But we're all fed up. Hearts fans are all fed up with this, you know, reconstruction. It's not going to happen. You know, you've got St. Mullins in your Ross counties. Uh, they're not going to vote for it. That's like, that's like turkeys voting for Christmas, you know. Uh, another thing is, if, if there was a reconstruction, why is that split eight, eight and six rather than seven and seven? You know, home and away, 26 matches, and home and away, 38 matches. I suppose it takes that element out of having a, a team having to sit out every week, Alex, if it was it, yeah. seven and seven. Yeah, absolutely. We're going back to his first point about reconstruction. I think most people are fed up with reconstruction, um, Stuart, and but you can't fall and budge for chasing this as long as you possibly can no, because no, you're not, no, and it's, it's, no. it's within her rights to do that. Going back to the seven and seven, if you have teams sitting out uh, where it doesn't, you know, in the split in particular. Then that does not work for me You know You either have to go 6 and 8 Or 8 and 6 at the, at the top But it just doesn't work Allowing teams to sit out Every other week It just Not for me How does that So how are they sitting out Every other week? Well once you get So you're saying well, 17 The odd number So you'd have an odd number there Stuart So when you, when you come to the split right. You'd have to have an even number So that someone wasn't sat out So whether you You, you know You have the the, 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 the games leading up to the split But you would more or less be okay uh, b- Before that Stuart in terms of right. You know you, you obviously feel The reconstruction isn't Going to go through What would you like to see Hearts do afterwards Is it a case of You know You just want Ann Budge to take this All the way Yeah yeah of course Why not You know that's like That's like somebody Someone just deciding To take your house away for, You know you're losing thousands, You know millions of pounds We're going to lose Because He's selfish, you know. It's, yeah, I get that we're, we're rubbish, we're crap, but uh, you know, we still have to think to get it. And as for the Celtic fans saying, you know, we, we want Hearts back in the league for the for the twelve points, you know. I hope they remembers when the the bubble burst when you had their unbeaten run, you know. Yeah, so right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, listen, the thing is, is he sorry? Oh, sorry, on you go, no, no, sorry, and I just go. I'm just saying, just uh, the the Celtic bubble got burst properly when they got their unbeaten run keeping an end. I think that know? was under Brendan Rodgers, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Was it three, three or four nil? Four nil, it was. Yeah. So, no, listen. So, <laughs> it's good for a Hearts fan to come on and uh, have a go back. But um, I think uh, you know most people would like to see Hearts at the top table purely for the Edinburgh derby as well, the fan base and things, but. As I said, I can't see it Monday. Just can't see it at all, Andrew. 01419511025 on the phone lines. We'll get more of your calls after the travel with Stephen. Super Scoreboard. With Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Experienced players who know how to win. Talk to Thompson's.com. Alex Ray here with me, Andrew McLean, on the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We'll go straight back to the phone. Scott is a Celtic fan in Barmullock. Scott, what you want Even to talk about tonight? Hi, Scott. Scott. Good, thanks. Good, good. Just a just a quick question. I've, I've I've not really read the papers today about this um, supposed moving the smaller teams or teams to Murrayfield, Hamden Park, wherever it may be. Can somebody tell me why you would want to move approximately one thousand Livingston fans to Murrayfield? Well, that, that's or the why thing. I'll move approximately one thousand Hamilton Ackies fans to Murrayfield. Off a lot Partick's none know so much Partick's Thistle. But the smaller clubs in the league only get I've been to every away ground last season and for years over the over the years. And most of these smaller clubs only fill one stand at best. 
Scott, I think so you're going to move them to Murrayfield. It's all to do with social distancing, Scott. So it's when fans come are allowed back into grounds, but only in limited numbers. So the amount of fans that the likes of, you know, you're talking about Livingston and Hamilton, the number of fans that they get into grounds, you know, you say they only fill one stand. Well, if they do only fill one stand, they'd only be able to fill, for example, a, a third, a quarter, a fifth of that stand because of social distancing. So if their games are moved to a Hamden or to a Murrayfield, it means that they would be able to have the same amount of fans, all their season ticket holders would be able to go to the game and sit apart. So it's for the benefit of the fans, really, that all the season ticket holders would actually be able to get into the game rather than season ticket holders missing out because of the stadium that they currently play in. Can, can you make, I can't understand why you would even, why would even Livingston fans probably want to do that? I mean, I don't know how many season ticket Livingston hold. I don't know how, how, how many fans you have as season ticket holders. But I can assure you, when Celtic played there last season and the season before, and when they were in the Premier League in the past, we get 90% of the ground and they take one stand. Now that stand probably only holds, I don't know, maybe a thousand people. You try to tell me that social distancing couldn't get a thousand people into that one stadium. Oh, no, oh. Out of a 9,000 capacity Oh no they could But the thing is Alex you know When Livingston are playing for Celtic For example yeah. Or Rangers which, which they do They give Celtic and Rangers three stands Absolutely um, But you know they, If there are Celtic and Rangers fans there And Livingston fans there It's a, it's a case of just maximising it They want all the season ticket holders possible To get into games So if you're moving smaller clubs Into bigger stadiums There's more of a chance that All if not most of our season ticket holders sure. will get into the games. Yeah, well, I come back to Scott's point about saying there's only a thousand of them and would they really want to go to Murrayfield? I would actually put my life on that they would want to go there. I think most football fans want to get back, whether it's a couple of hundred fans or whether it's thousands of fans, and going to Murrayfield for a Livingston. So if Livingston are playing uh, Celtic, Rangers, uh, some of the bigger clubs, Hibs, through that neck of the woods, they may well get another few thousand social distance well, so they'll be able to kind of generate some capital on the back of that as well because it's going to cost a lot more money to rent as well so they have to factor that in is it going to be in their interest uh, financially to do that but I would say I know one thing if I'm a Livingston fan I get a chance to actually watch it on the TV in the house uh, the old virtual TV or I get an opportunity to go to Murrayfield I'm going to Murrayfield all day long you, you've just said that you just said exactly what I was going to bring up about the pricing and the finance and all that Livingston have got a small ground and they rely on Celtic and Rangers probably going there twice a season each and getting X amount. I think you probably get about a quarter of a million pounds by the time you work out 8,000 tickets at 30 quid a whip or whatever it may be. If they go to, if they go to Murrayfield, they'll not get the same 8,000 fans in. I wouldn't, like, like, I wouldn't think they would be able to because you're telling me it's only a small... Scott, we don't actually know what the actual percentage is. We're only yeah, estimating that, what, well, it's 10%, 15%. So, but I'm just, it's just a pro, something that's been floated today. We don't know what the actual finan financial position that would be either for teams like Livingston or Hamilton because if you're putting stewards to kind of do the whole stadium because of the social distance and make sure it's there, that will have to be factored in. And if it's costing too much, they won't do it. Then they'll, they'll, they'll make that decision because finances at the moment are really tight. Scott, I mean, we'll take the figure of 15%, for example. We don't know what the figure is, but 15% of Murrayfield is much bigger than 15% of the Tony Macaroni Arena. It's just a case of being able to get more fans into the ground. Yeah, you know, I totally get that. I, I can appreciate that. But then again, you're going to be down the same percent. with 10% of 49,000, four and a half, nearly 5,000. Mm -hmm. Take 1,000 off for the Levy fans, that's 4,000. Put your police costs in because you're going to have to police it, steward it, 
Then you've got the car parking issues, social distancing there, travel to and from the games. Supporters' buses obviously won't be allowed on the road because of social distancing, so you're going to attract more more cars into the area, probably put more strain on the the, the, the infrastructure in Edinburgh or, or Glasgow for, for where it was. I mean, if you ever, I don't know if any of you guys have actually tried to park at Hamden Park and you're, like, you're just going to watch a game. It's a nightmare that is. So all I'm getting at is I just don't see how they're going to make that work for 5,000 fans. They're going to want my stadium 50,000. They've got to police it. They've got to steward it. They've got to do all the bits they've got to do outside, plus all the social distancing. I mean, I, I, I can't, that's my own personal opinion. I can't see how it could work. It's hard enough to try to get parked at, at any of these grounds as it is without limiting what you're going to do and where you can park. I just don't see it being a good, a good idea, personally. Well, listen, they're only floating the idea today that there's a possibility we may well get into grounds. Actually, Scott, there's a clamour for people to get back into grounds and you're the first guy that's come on and says you don't see, I think it's a good idea. For me, if it's viable, if it's financial and they can get it up and running, then why not would you want that to go ahead? For me, I think it's a no-brainer. It would maybe solve a bit of an issue as well. I know that some fans are a bit unhappy with the way that season tickets and virtual season tickets yeah. are working out. Uh, to be fair to Kilmarnock, I saw today that they'd released their season tickets. They were one of the three clubs, I think, in the Premiership that had held off because um, you know they, they didn't know what was happening yeah. with this season. They didn't want to, to put their season tickets out there. They've put them out there now, although, to be fair, reconstruction could happen and it could change it a wee bit. But what they have said with their season tickets are that the season ticket is valid for 19 home matches. So even if you don't fulfil those 19 home matches this season, which you won't because at the start of the season fans won't be allowed in, then you'll actually be able to claim credit and get that as a discount next year. Next year. So that, that seems like a good way around it. But for other clubs that maybe don't have that in place, being able to get more season ticket holders in the grounds more quickly yeah. is a massive benefit. Yeah, I think everybody wants to get back in, Andrew. I, I, I can't say it's strong enough. People want to get back to football. If you can get a 10%, 15% just to get up and running, again, I take Scott's point on terms of the finances because if it's going to cost you a fortune, it will not get off the ground. Clubs won't subscribe to mm -hmm. that. So we have to look at all the possibilities. This has just been floated today that may be an idea. And I think most fans will be excited about probably get, possibly getting back in. Uh, to football sooner or rather later and it's, it's to be commended Well thank you to Scott in Barmulloch we'll be back on Monday night with Hugh Keevans to take more of your calls a couple of things I wanted to touch on Alec before the end of the show we touched on it at the start of the show Euro 2020 was yes. meant to start tonight you know I think this was one that Scotland fans had real hope of because we'd made it to the playoffs this kind of felt like you know this is as close as we've been in, in so long it's obviously disappointing we completely understand why why it's not going ahead but we'll have that excitement again next year hopefully to look forward to oh without doubt uh, Israel you know and as I said we've just been touching on trying to get fans into the ground Andrew even if we just get a small percentage you know just because we have to get the Israel game up and running sooner rather than later and then we go on to the next one is it Serbia and Norway yeah the winner of that game we, would, yeah, uh, we or play. Israel would play against yeah, yeah well listen I've, I've got a f good confidence you know we'll, we'll have a uh, McGinn back as well We'd have McTominay back Whereas if we'd have played it initially Probably wouldn't have had the two guys So that's good news I've just I've watched Borussia Dortmund A few times since <laughs> The Bundesliga started back And every it? time I see Erling Haaland yes. Up front I just have that vision of him Coming up against Scotland In a potential playoff yeah. final What a player What a player But you know You look at uh, Serbia as well They've got the boy Alexander Mitrovic Scores a lot of goals Down in England at the moment So 
Good player But yeah, listen We have to get up uh, uh, Israel uh, Done and dusted Yeah I mean It is a mouth-watering prospect In terms of You know There will be Three guaranteed games At Hamden I think yeah. Scotland Would be guaranteed To play two of them If they get there And we're also guaranteed To be in a group With England as well So if we get there it's it's going to be something. So this time next year, effectively, it'll be up and running again. Yeah, I think it, I think day, the, I think it's the eleventh of June. So I think it's maybe a year yesterday right. that the the tournament will be starting. Up and running. Yeah, listen, we miss it. I was watching uh, Archie Gemmell's goal for, for yesterday. Oh, yeah. year, you know, it's just an absolutely unbelievable finish. So when you see all the guys in the in the competitions uh, for for years ago, you know, it just kind of gets you going. Really, another. Point as well Chris Burke Signed a new one year deal As well for yeah. Command Today he's obviously Been a fantastic player For them You look at, yeah. at last season the, the highlight has Surely got to be Those six assists In one game Against Queen's Park Which yeah. to, I, I genuinely Would be amazed If that's happened anyway, Anywhere else At that level of football Yeah I know I think they actually Tried to steal one or two Of them off him as well Didn't they So <laughs> no, I like, I like Burke I like what he brings To the game He's got an appetite A hunger uh, and he's great to be about You know You look at some of the young kids That come in through as well At Kamarnock So I think it's Really good business by Kamarnock To get him back on board And at the age of 36 as well He, he doesn't seem yeah. like a 36 year old You don't normally get 36 year old yeah. wingers Do you? No But what, he, what he's done And I, I often speak uh, You know With uh, Stephen O'Donnell on the show uh, And he absolutely loves uh, Playing on that side with him Because he puts a shift in You know Normally when you get older You know The legs start to go and the great thing about Burkey is, is, you know, he's still got that appetite. So he gets up and down the pitch, he works his shift. And as you said, to get six assists in one game is remarkable. Well, thank you for all your calls tonight. Thank you for getting involved all across the week. We'll be back next week. I'll be in the studio on Monday night with Hugh Keevans. Don't go anywhere, though, tonight because GBX is going to kick off your weekend. With Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Helping you return to action. Talk to Thompson's.com.